Welcome to the Leadership Club podcast. In this first episode, I talked to my good friend and fellow entrepreneur, Daniel Azaba. Dan has risen to the top of his game in the fields of marketing and construction, and like me, is a Skelmersdale lad. I wanted to talk to Dan about one of the most fundamental aspects of leadership, the ability to lead oneself, or as Dan puts it, getting your own house in order. The last 12 months for me have been without question the most challenging of my personal and professional life. In the last 12 months alone, I have separated from my wife, brought a brand new house, opened a second community arts premises in a new area, dealt with a fire and a flood at our old premises, tried to steer my business and my team through a global pandemic, all at the same time as raising my three young children, Noel, Jacob and Reuben, in a time of real uncertainty. It's fair to say that the last 12 months have pushed me numerous times to the physical and emotional brink. It has been essential for me to focus on the things that I can control, rather than wasting time and energy on the things that I can't. This is something I have learned through experience, and something that has been reinforced to me more recently in my ongoing study of leadership and Stoic philosophy. It was also important to me that my children, my students and my team didn't see me losing the plot in a time of crisis. I wanted to show them that when you face real adversity, you can remain calm, compassionate and focused. I wanted to show them that despite the personal and professional situation I faced, my principles stayed the same. And in many ways, I have really enjoyed that challenge. The first three habits of highly successful people, according to Stephen Covey, are to be proactive, to start with the end in mind, and to put first things first. It's understanding that before you are in a position to help others, you first must get to work on yourself. Although I'm not one for spending too much time looking in the bathroom mirror, I have spent more time than ever this year in self-reflection. I think my guest Dan is a great example of someone that understands the value of structure, setting goals and managing expectations, and is certainly someone that I have found constant source of advice and support over the last 12 months. During this episode, we talk about mindset and the importance of building relationships. Dan explains his views on education, setting goals and the benefits of contributing to your own community. So, we're going to, over the next, what, six hours, we're going we're gonna to discuss a whole host of stuff. Um, a whole host of things, you know, talking about relationships, talk about network, talk about community, talk about all, all manner of things. But um, what I wanted to start, start with, I suppose, was, and I've asked you this before, and I think I was walking down, I think I was on a bit of a walk, and I, you, you, you called me and I asked you this question. And I was interested with with your response, and I think it's probably changed a little bit now. So you're you're someone who, you know, very entrepreneurial, successful guy, someone that's kind of been there and done that. Um, and you know, you've sold businesses, you've had businesses, you've started businesses, and very entrepreneurial, always looking to be in the in the game, as it were. And then you find out you're having a kid, and it's like. So, how much of a game changer is 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 the fact that you're now Dan is having a, is having a kid? Do you know what? I'd like to sit here and say, "Oh, it's a big thing." I'd like to sit here and say that my head's gone, but the reality is, I'm ready for it. The the if you were to put me in this position ten years ago, when I hadn't done the things that I wanted to do and I hadn't got certain things out my system. It'd probably be a game changer then, but I've exhausted every other angle. So I'm where I want to be career-wise. I'm where I want to be relationship-wise. Home life is is great. Um, I've I'm I'm definitely independent from my parents. From I'm 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 my own man, and I'm ready now to say, well, I've done all that. The the kid is the new project. God love him, but the kid's the new project, and it's. The, the the way I see it is, it can only make me life better because I, I'd kind of ran out of road elsewhere. I've kind of got certain things in the bag. Obviously, you're always learning. You know, I'm not taking any of it for granted. 
But I think the, the in terms of how my life's going to change, I think it's going to be nice to try and weigh up doing things in my little systematic way. So I've always got a bit of structure. And I've got this little fella who's going to, you know, he's got to come first. But when you've got a girlfriend and a relationship, you, you, you're normally used to playing second fiddle anyway. <laughs> you know, that that's already happened. Um, so that's that, that, I suppose. In terms of, um, does it not does it not concern you that, that obviously, you know, in, as an entrepreneurial type of person, you, you pick something up, you do it, you either move it on, you sell it, you, you get bored of it, you, you're off to the next thing. Does it not concern you that, that obviously you, you, you obviously can't get bored get bored of the kid and give it away? You know what I mean. And and does it not concern you that you you, you won't be as free to go and do do the things that you or that you want to do, or is it just a case of, of of you know building a new a new system if you like? It, it, it's it, it's always quite easy for me to go back to marketing the marketing process. And I'm going to do it on this occasion. And I could have done it at any point. Might as well throw it out now. But generally, the way I approach things is: look, this is the scenario. This is what you. This is what you. You, you know. This is what you don't know. But this is what you know. In this instance, I know I've got an 18-year dead weight swinging around my neck. But the reality is, it's there are advantages and disadvantages to to any change in your life. But in terms of opportunity, there's an opportunity to be better with this kid in mind. There's an opportunity to put more emphasis into my home life, into the household. Along the way, the networks, the people that I'm going to meet through having this kid, whether it's through school, any sports or activities that they're involved with or whatever, you know, while I try and let try and realise his potential, there's going to be opportunities there for me. The negatives, they are going to be negatives. You know, there's going to be sleepless nights. There's going to be, you know, ups and downs. That's the that's the name of the game. That's the bit that excites me. But to go back to the marketing piece specifically, to think that everything's going to go be, be all plain sailing, you're mad if you think that. The, the the beauty in the profession is to say, okay, this is the scenario you find yourself in based on what you know to be true. Now set some objectives against that information. So the baby is just going to be something that I have to factor in. My objectives have to be have to be realistic and adjust to, to counter for, or to cater for that situation in my life. It's the same applies to your job or your family life or any anything else that impacts on your life, any external factor that impacts on your life. You then make your objectives to suit your circumstances, not the other way around. You don't make your objectives in spite of your circumstances. The circumstances dictate what your next step is. So I don't know if that answers your your question. It, I was talking the other day about another another mate of mine is having a is also having a kid, and they, and they said to me like, "What kind of what you know what to expect if you like?" And I and I I tried to say to him, "Look." The easiest way I can put it, because obviously all kids are different, and I, I know because I've got three, and you know, for me, having a kid, you, you, I, I was I, I was ready. I was twenty nine. I had my first child, and now I've got three kids. It is literally the hardest possible thing. Like you, you think you've been to hell and back. You think you've done stuff. You think oh, I, I, you know I've never been under this kind of pressure with work or whatever. You've never, ever, ever been there until you've had a kid. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like it's it's just, and I said this to my mate. It is so, so difficult. But as as so as hard as it is, the highs are, are higher than than you've ever anticipated. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Like little things that you just completely took for granted. Little tiny things that you just think you look. You watch your mates with their own kids, and you're like. <laughs> and you just can't believe you can't you can't prepare yourself for like how how good it is. So in terms of the you know the lows, the ups, the downs. But you're someone that, that like now that's that's got obviously you you're quite big on on a, on a routine and, and a structure and you know you, you you like you say systematically process your your particular day and work week. But you know it'd be interesting to see how you how you still do that. 
and you can't plan now. You say you can't plan yeah, for it now. Yeah, it's like, go ahead, plan for it now. So, you know, have, have you thought about, or have you tried to plan ahead? Have, have you thinking, right, I've, I'm already 12 months down the line, or are you literally just waiting for that moment to go, right, let's... I'm, I, I wanna, I, I'd happily go into this situation with no planning. Obviously, you need to have the fundamentals. You need to know how to take care of the little fella. Obviously, that's, that goes without saying. But the way I see it is, I always say this, there's opportunities in chaos. And where I've progressed in my life is when everybody else's head's gone. I just come alive. That's, that's, just, that's just how it is. And sometimes common sense needs to prevail. You know, the, the, although children are complicated, they're not that complicated in that. You know, like early on, I'm expecting there's going to be some element of crying. You know, I've got some options to choose from <laughs> and it might be, you know, it, it's got to come out of one end that's, or in and out of one end. That's how I look at it. It's either kids are going to need the toilet or the kids going to need to eat or the kids going to be unwell. That's generally what I'm expecting early on. Further down the line, I'm expecting my house to get wrecked. I'm expecting to be all kinds of muck up the wall. I'm, that's, what, what, that's what I expect, but I don't know. So I'm just happy to... I've got an expectation, but I'm, I'm not bound by that. I'm, I'm expecting to be a little bit of, bit of nuttiness along the way, but I, to be honest, that's in my nature. I, I, I embrace a bit of nuttiness. It's what I, I get a kick out of it. You just said, you just used a phrase there, which is quite interesting. You said about you always find opportunities in the chaos. I think that's probably the, the entrepreneur in, in, in me and in you. Like you, you enjoy the, like, like you say, everyone's head's gone and then, you think whether you see it more clearly, or whether it's just that you want to, you, you want to prove that you're not one of them. You don't want to be one of the crowd. Um, you know, we can't probably go on without talking about COVID nineteen, coronavirus, yeah. the lockdown. You know, first pandemic. I seen, I seen the pandemic as a, as a kind of. You know, it's like oh, it's a, it's a challenge. This because it's something that we we'd never we'd never faced. Yeah, and I felt quite. In a in a mad way, felt quite privileged because that we were like, none of us have been able to to have a go at one of these before, and, yeah. and here we are. Tell me about like your the lockdown because you, you you've done loads of new stuff during lockdown, and like like you say, in in, in conversation we've had in the past, you seem to have quite quite enjoyed it. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I did. To be honest, um, it was quite clear um, early on that there was mixed messages out there. And, and this is outside of any this is outside of any sort of political opinion or what your opinion is on the, the, the virus itself. Forget that. I'm, I, don't, I don't really get into the politics or I don't get into what my own opinion is on the thing itself. But it was evident that there's an expectation to do X, Y, and Z. The messages were so mixed and so vague at times that it, it, I just look at that and think, this has got to have an opportunity in it somewhere. And I look at it and think, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but the first thing that I, I did was made sure that I had a routine because my normal routine that keeps me in check is getting up every morning, getting ready for work, going to work, do your work and day, commute home, eat, then sleep, and then you go again. And basically, that leaves you for two days a week to get in trouble. <laughs> you know, the majority of the week, you've got structure them two days of the week, you know, that's, if, you, if, you, if you're going to get it wrong, it's probably going to be on Saturday or Sunday. When um, this COVID situation came into play, it was clear that it was going to affect a lot of people. Now, what I realised is, first of all, you need to make sure that when there's leaks, you need to plug the leaks, make sure that you're not wasteful. Make sure, make sure that you've got structure. Make sure you've got your own house in order. Um, as a household, obviously, my girlfriend's business. She she works in. Um, she she's got a hair salon, so that had to shut. She couldn't have contact with people. She couldn't do a job, um, and it wasn't that she could have done it behind closed doors. She couldn't do the job, um, because in this day and age, if anybody would have found out social media wise. Your name would be mud, especially when people are, are dying or 
and that's whether or not you believed he was dying or not. The fact is, the numbers, the information that was given to us at the time was that people are dying. In face of that, you don't really want to be seen to be the guy booking the trend because nobody knew at that stage what like what was going on. Um, so for me, I just thought, right, get down to basics. For my own sanity, but for my own structure, I thought, what can I control that as long as I do this in the day, the day's been won. And I just started off training, walking, and doing a video every day because I could control that. So as far as I was concerned, walk, talk, go to the gym, do a video, job's done. If that's your baseline position, anything from then is a bonus. So if I got the opportunity to go to work, great. If I got the opportunity to eat out, great. If I got the opportunity to go shopping, great. But my basic level was walking, talking, doing a video. So from that respect, did I have a good lockdown? Yeah, because I ticked the boxes on all of those things. And on a basic level, I just quickly thought, right, let's lower my expectation. So I didn't go, oh, I can't eat out. Oh, I can't drink. Oh, I can't. It mattered not because I, I had no expectation for that. My expectation was very basic, very local, very self-focused and very close to home. And that's, it, it kind of changed me outlook on things going forward. Cause that's one thing I've kept hold of now that things are looking like they're brightening up. You were talk, I was talking about, um, you know, having the opportunity to, everything that happened after the lockdown was was like new ground. You know, people were, that's why I was saying, you know, I felt quite privileged because everything, I just seen it as a, as a really good learning curve for personally. You know, obviously we've seen families getting closer together, spending more time together, learning things about each other, which I found with, with my own kids, like they had to learn learn how to be yeah. you couldn't just go well go that you can't go to your nans or go here go to you literally you're gonna have to learn how to communicate you're gonna have to learn how to get on but personally and professionally you know i i um i was out of my comfort zone and I, I quite i quite enjoy that that bit you know um so you, you i know you you talked about so tell us about the videos so the, the vid i remember you saying to me about you know, you, you were quite open about the fact that you, you weren't very good at them at the beginning. And then it became, like you say, it became second nature. Tell us what, like, what was the point of the, what was you trying to gain out of the video? Like, and, and you obviously, was it just structure, maybe to document the whole lockdown or was it, was it an attempt to, to sort of do something else? So I'm going to just give you an example of a few people on, on, the, on a sort of, public stage and then I'll give you an example of a guy closer to home so you've got Conor McGregor who's the first person that I really paid attention on he, he exercises profession but then if you think about it, that's what he does at the core but then all the noise around it it was all on the back of social media content video all the other bits that you see you've got that insight into him as a brand ultimately the fact that he fights for a living it matters not, the appeal came from elsewhere. The next thing is Liverpool Football Club. Now, I don't follow football, I haven't got a clue, I, haven't got a clue. I can't even blag it. But Liverpool and certainly Jürgen Klopp, I've looked at everything about that and I'm like, wow. I, I, I'm into American football, so I like all the razzmatazz. And I look at Liverpool Football Club as all the other things that have gone on, not just what happens on, on the pitch. And obviously they've been successful, but all the other media aspect of it, it fascinates me. And I'm looking at that thinking, hang on, they're doing something there. That's, it's not just about what's on the pitch. There's all these other facets that are relevant. Um, on a smaller scale, um, James Smith, he's a PT. He talks all about calorie deficit. All he does is bang on about the fundamentals of, basically, I want to lose weight, calorie deficit. Whatever way you cut it, just eat less, move more whatever way you, you want to play. I've looked at him. It's something that I follow and I take interest in. And I'm like, wow. Then close to home, there's a guy called Mark Waldron who's got Move Company, and I'll, I'll go into that a bit later on. 
Mark Walden's done the same. A man of routine. He puts a video out. He's got a bit of a following, although not massive on the scheme of things. It's it's certainly it's certainly big. I mean, on on LinkedIn, he's got twelve thousand followers on LinkedIn. Just to and he's somebody I, I, I can speak to like this. I, I speak to him regularly, you know, and we wind each other up because that's the nature of our relationship. And then I'm thinking, I want a piece of that because at the end of the day, I'm a marketing man. I want to see what the next thing is. So when it comes to the video, I've realised that all those people, the as well as having their, their core service, they, they basically open the doors, they invite people in to see other aspects of the life. And the way I see it is with video, that is a, a key way of doing that. You, you're imparting knowledge. You're showing people what you're about. You're giving people an insight into what you do. For, for me, it's a, a way of demonstrating this is my mindset. I'm up every day. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I also get an opportunity to exercise my profession. Back to James Smith, hammering home the fundamentals because in this day and age, everybody wants to do all the the crazy stuff they want to do all this, they, they want to pick up a book or they want to go online and see a YouTube video and they want to see some crackpot scheme, some, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm thinking, if you just did this, 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 which is the fundamentals, if you just put that in place, be brilliant at that, it'll pop off anyway. And everybody wants this sort of fast track to go somewhere. And for me, back to the video aspect, I just want to be able to, be confident enough in, in my own ability. I mean, even this, I couldn't have done this before um, lockdown because I just stuttered. I'd have been too mindful of the camera. I'd have been too mindful about how I look and how I appear on camera. And I'd have started going, but, but, but. Now I can bang a phone out anyway, talk to it. And everybody's like, look at him. What's he doing there? And I'm telling you now, if I start saying things on there that are related to a profession, to a service that I'm offering or me being able to assist or help in any way, that's where my next opportunity is going to come from on the back of that. And that, that's what I believe. So in lockdown, I thought, right, that's my little project I'm going to work on. I'm going to do this video, find out how Instagram works, find out how to grow a following, the pitfalls, the whatever, because at some point in my life, that is going to be commercially viable to do that. And it's going to be my way of getting out there instead of having to knock on doors, put that content out and people will come to me. And that's that's what I believe in. I'm kind of experiencing that as well. There's a big, there was a big hoo-ha about, obviously, loads of things happened in lockdown. And, you know, without... There was obviously tragedy in there. People people died, you know. The, 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 you can't get away from that. There, yeah. there was... You know, that was the that was the real, the real part. Not 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 the some of the other nonsense that was that was going on and still going on. But one of the things that happened, and obviously I know because I work with young people, one of the things that, that, that happened was for the first time ever, what seems like forever, there was no end-of-year exams. You know, huge. Now, for me, I, I, if it was me, I'd have, been, I'd have loved it. You know, I'd obviously, I, you know, and I, I, but I did, feel for, I did feel for some of them. You know, there was kids in, like, you know, year eight who, oh, we didn't get, you know, come on. Yeah. So, come on. <laughs> And I felt for the for the year sixes who, who who wasn't able to have that transition into year seven into high school, which I think is is, is probably the hardest of the transitions. But in the year elevens, who, who didn't get to do their exams. Now I know personally some of them loved that, and some of them didn't. I did feel though some of them personally. I felt that going through that process, whether you wanted to or not, whether you were successful at exams or not. I do feel that there's some learning there that they've not they've not been exposed to. Hundred percent. You know, um, because they've not they've not gone into the exam room thinking, you know, we're, we're sort of shit or bust here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's one of them. I think I think there is something that 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 they have missed with that. But you know, in terms of an educational route, we always have this because we work with young people, and it's like you didn't get the grades you wanted, and it's like the end of the world because education. The, the system of education gears it up for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the language is very much, this is, it, it's now or never. You know, your GCSEs, you're 16. If you get this wrong now, it will affect your whole life. 
which is a little strong, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and we know that it isn't true. I'm not someone who who went down a co- you know went to college and then that my educational journey finished. Um, well, in terms of formal education, it finished there, and I've obviously been learning a lot ever since. Tell us about your your kind of education because you're you're quite you've been quite outspoken about you know the routes that you've taken. Um, what's your view on on formal education? Is is it at sixteen you fail your GCSEs? Is it the end of the road? There's a reason why I'm smiling now because basically I, I've only the penny only just dropped with something there. So you were talking about kids missing out on a little bit of their education as a result of not doing their exams. So I, I have gone down the route of an academic education because I do value it. Although in the way I've done it, I think that I've 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 realised something that people aren't used to they don't normally they don't normally um go down this route normally you would do gcse's you'd do a levels if you're academic or you'd go on to some level of vocational if you're seen as non-academic then you would go on to do or you'd be expected to go on to do a degree blah 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 and there's people who say well degrees they're not worth the paper they're written on anyone can go to uni blah and there's that sort of and to some extent i actually agree even though i've i still champion the academic route um I've had two shots at going down the academic route. First time I went into uni was because it was what was expected. So in college, I did well in, in AS level. Um, a few things happened to me when I was in college. And one was actually a car crash where the roof of the vehicle folded into the back of my head. From then I went a bit doolally, but it it coincided with me partying as well. You know, like I find an alcohol find so. You know, I don't, I've never blamed the vehicle side of things. I've always blamed the fact that I've, I, you know, I was out every every weekend and having a whale of a time. So my grades weren't as good in A two, so the, the full A level as they were in AS. But I was still expected to go to uni, and I basically got into uni with me AS, you know, yeah, the AS results. So basically, got in on the back of unconditional offer because it did so well at some point so that was me fallback position went to uni uni for me is a system it's and with a if you put the process in place you can you can accelerate you can do really well in university by looking at what they're expecting from you and give them the answers that they want so I passed first year in uni on coursework alone which I thought I was the boy didn't do any exams in summer and when I went into second year, I didn't have the underpinning knowledge. Like they, they, were, they asked me a basic question, and I was talking to a guy. What's the what's the? And when I turned around to the, and said, it, it was to, it was to do with um, property management and how you value a property. And he was talking about a reversion where you roll a price back. And what are you saying? And what's a reversion? And the whole class just turned around and looked because basically that was fundamental to the course, and I didn't know it because I. I'd, I'd got by and didn't do the do this the stuff that I needed with the exams. I then was you've seen Van Wilder party liaison that film. Well, basically I turned into Dan Wilder because I stayed into second year for four years because I realised that the student loan would keep paying out as long as I was still in uni. So I had a whale of a time living on a student loan, living on the docks, just having an absolute ball. But my mum was no closer to getting to wear a hat for me graduation. <laughs> Do you know, I thought I'd cross that, cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, but I've always valued education. So I went into sales, did a did, did very well in sales um, up until the recession. So 2007, 2008. And that's when that came crashing down. But I had my structure in my life, set up a marketing company. And then I was always thinking, how can I put my price up? Now, you can probably see now I'm going bold. Going bold. At that time, I was thinking, if I go grey or I go bold, I'll be perceived as older, I'll put my price up. That, that's what I had in my head. But that was, so basically wishing my life away. It didn't happen, so I decided to go and get educated. So I studied with the Institute of Marketing, got their professional certificate in marketing, professional diploma in marketing, then became a chartered marketer. So I thought, master of the universe. 
um, and went down that route, but it still wasn't an academic qualification, it's a vocational qualification. Um, I phoned up university to see if I could top that qualification up and get a full degree. And based on the experience that I'd had, and based on the qualification that I had, I was straight onto a master's. And bear in mind, when I was at study with the Institute of Marketing, I was a, I was an average student. I was like B, C student, just just average, not not spectacular. But when I went back into university to do a master's, it was a totally different ball game. I was the man in the room with experience. They would ask, they, they would they would discuss things to the class, and then they'd come back to me for my opinion because they knew I had that real world experience. So at that point. I realised this is the way you should do it. Get that experience, then go and do the education, top up what you know to be true. Because there's people out there who say, our oh, education's not for me. I, I'm from the university of life. I don't need education. And you know what? That's a position of ignorance because some people only, they can only get one shot at success. There's businesses out there that they started in the 80s or the 90s, that if they were to start again today, stand and start in an environment that's commercially different, they wouldn't have the skills or the knowledge to do the same thing again. I strongly believe that. I think that education allows you to underpin your knowledge and, and formalise what you already know to be true. So back to the master side of things, I was, for the first time in my life, was seen as the A side when it came to education. I had other students, and bear in mind, at master's level, you're not sitting there with a load of your muckers. In fact, there was times when I was the only English person in the room. There was people from Nigeria, China, Uganda, all across Europe, and I got to hold court with all these people who looked to me as, obviously, I was English, so they, they, they knew that I was, I was local, but were more local compared to them, and that they seen that I'd got the experience so when it came to group work, I had pick of the bunch. I could bring people in. I had all these relationships with these people from all over the show, which made which made my world go from here. Obviously, Salford University there took my head worldwide. I was like, this is where I'm off. I left Salford University with a master's with distinction. So I've gone from bang average messing about to top of the food chain, and I'm going back to do a PhD. Um, I was due to be there now, but because of COVID, I'm going to be starting officially on the 1st of February um, next year. So th that's how much I value education. And I've, I hope I've demonstrated there how the difference in how I talk about it is I talk about it with passion because I see the benefits and I see where it's got me. So people who kind of dismiss that, they're missing a trick. And that's just, that's just my opinion anyway. Over the years, like you, you've obviously the, the thing that 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 kind of that route gives you. So you're actually out and about. You, you're working. You, you're making mistakes. You know, you, you've talked about mistakes that you've made in, in business and in relationships in life and, and all of that. And and I, I you know, I, I finished. I obviously did the whole high school thing. Did pretty well in the end. And then you know, it looked like I wasn't going to do. Did a bit of college and then. Then really did set. I had a, a real passion for, for sport and for, for for the arts, and then you know went off doing a doing a whole host of things. But you know I was always drawn back to the same to the same place, and obviously you know it started a business and, and, and did all of that. But one of the things that I, I found over by actually being out there and being it was, was was building relationships and building that network of people that you know you, you sort of meet them and you think. You know, you you build you form a relationship, and you think you never know when you might you might bump into that person again. And you know, and over the years, you you build and build and build and build that network. Obviously, you know, some personal, some some professional. What what's what's your your view on on that? So, in terms of, I I know personally, like I I was in terms of my leadership style as a kid, I was very much my way or the highway. Do you know what I mean? It was like I win. Everyone else loses, and I used to enjoy the fact that that, that I was. I, I did sports that was very solo, so cross country running because it was like I, I will beat us all to the end. Yeah. It was very much that, and I didn't. 
I, I did play team sports and I did, but my mindset was very, very one-tracked. It was like, I want to be the best. Um, and then I started to realise as I got older, like even in school, like I told us, I was telling a story the other week, to, or not the other week, also the other week, COVID, like the other month, um, <laughs> to a lot, you know, the other week, I have no sense of time at all. But I was telling a story about, about stereotypes and about like, when I was in school, you know, if you take the American term for the jocks, I was very much one of the jocks and I didn't speak to the to the geeks and, do you know, yeah. to, to use sort of crude stereotypes. And then you realise as you get into like my profession where like you're in the arts and you've got you've got actors who were very much the, the theatre kids and then you've got the geeks who were all the techies who you can't do the show without and then you yeah. realise that you've got all the jocks you need, you know, so, so you you really you get this appreciation for knowing that your team needs to be made up of all these stereotypes. You know what I mean? You can't do it all with, yeah. with one one type of person. You know, and and my advice now to young people is very much you know, you know, to, to see the value in in as many different people as you can. From from your network, do do you do you strategically choose the people that you that you put into that network or does it happen by by accident or is, is, is there, a, you know, for anyone that, that, that's setting out down that road of like, I have a business or, you know, even from, a, from having a kid sort of point of view, is there a strategy to the network or is it just natural? Can I, can I just roll it back slightly? So where you said you were the jock, do you know when you always see on these shows, there's that moody kid who comes in on a motorbike who no one knows anything about and it, he's just like everyone leaves him alone because he's the head of the ball that's probably where I fit except for I wasn't moody I was probably a bit more of the, the class clown but I was always the rebel I was always putting the, I put more effort into fighting the system than I did rolling with it which would have paid dividends if it did um, again this thing about there's a system it's dead clear work that system play that system that's where from, even from an education perspective if you want to Get, the best thing you can do is take the recognised route and then you can do what you want. Once you've got that recognised position, you can do whatever. So back to what you were asking specifically, the as the sort of lone wolf, I always used to be the wolf pack of one. I always used to be I, I, just a go-getter. I'd make things happen, but one man cannot make everything happen. You're only as good as your network, in my opinion. So I always have a, a way of, I haven't got a strategy because I can't look at yourself or the guys and, and just make, make an assumption. There always has to be an element of giving people a go. Now, the first thing I do with people is I am, I'm always the first to give. I'm always willing to help out first. I'm always willing to afford people my time. That the, the, so before I take anything, I'm the first person to give then I have a look at how that's being received and whether or not it's reciprocated. So it's a, it's a good way of pre-qualifying people. Because very quickly you think, well, am I the one who's keeping this thing alive or are they meeting me in the middle? Are they valuing what I'm prepared to put in? Do they even value what I'm about? Then once they get their time to shine in return, then you get an idea of who's worth keeping around and who isn't. But it's easy to get an affinity with people who are the same as you. So anyone else who's doing the 5am start, anyone else who's talking mindset, anyone else who's talking about getting out and about, I've got a natural affinity to them. I don't really look for carbon copies of myself. I'd like to think that the, these people have got other qualities that I can pick a little bit of that and think, I like that, or oh, that's not quite for me. And going back to um, Mark Waldron, for example, He's somebody that I looked and thought, he looks like he's in shape. He looks after himself. He's got this community that I'm interested in. Now, bear in mind, I'm sitting here wearing that guy's T-shirt. He's not wearing my T-shirt, but I don't mind being in his gang. I just don't want to be the leader of the gang. I'm happy to be a part of something. And in things like this, I've met people who we, we meet at 7 o'clock on a Saturday at Sefton Park. There's people who's come from all over the show. The fact that it's seven o'clock in the morning is it, it pre-qualifies them. Now, 
in that group, there'll be people who walk at the front, there's people who walk at the back, there's people who walk at the middle. You know, everybody's got their own way of doing things, their own pace. And on the day, some people's characters are louder than others, some people are more reserved. But the way I see it is, everyone there at that time is worth speaking to one way or another because we've all got that one thing in common. We've all got up out of bed and made the effort to be there on a Saturday when most people are rolling over in the pit or hung over from the night before. So that's kind of... It's not not something that I've kind of set out to do. It's just an instinctive way of doing things. But you're not going there, like so, so take that instance. You're not going there in the morning... Or are you going there in the morning just to spend a bit of time with your mates? Or, or is there, there is a method to the madness, isn't there? There's a, there's a reason why you're going. Is it to meet like-minded people? Or is it, is it just, do you, like you say, is it, is it the fact that you want, to be, you want to be seen to be doing, you want to be part of something? Do you know if you said to me now, Dan, I need X, Y, and Z. You need something. Guarantee if I can't physically deliver it myself, I can pick up the phone and I'll know someone who does. It's very rare that I can't help in some way. On top of that, if, if my direct network can't help, I'll, look, I don't know someone, but I know someone who'll definitely not pick up the phone and the, the next man will be able to, or the next person will be able to help. My competitiveness made me very on my own. And, and I was a bit misunderstood in, yeah. in that sense. Do you know what I mean? I was hugely competitive, but... It, I was just using it all in all the wrong in all the wrong ways, yeah. and I had influence as well. I, like I had influence, loads of influence. Teachers knew it, and they didn't like me because of it. But rather than using the influence to make sure everyone was progressing and getting better, I was just making them. You know, if I wasn't interested, I'll, I'm going to use my influence to make sure that none of you are interested. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, and 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 you you know, I'm reading a book at the moment. Um, I was talking to you about this the other day by Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, in a bid to try and constantly learn more and try to become more, more effective. And it talks about being independent. So, you know, the, three, the first three habits are about you being, sorting your, basically sorting your own shit out, you know what I mean? It's like you're getting your own house in order before you can start to, to do it for anybody else. And it's this transition from independent to to interdependent, yeah, yeah. Which is exactly what you've just been discussing. Is like you on on your own. I'm go, I'm a go getter. Do this, but then when you start to realise as you get older, maybe even when you're younger, that that it's not just you know good to to have other people for, from a social perspective. It's, it's you, you realise you can accomplish so much more with with other people around. Do you know what I mean? But but see that see like. I put a lot down to see everyone wants to be the main man. It's ego. Mm-hmm. It's actually restricting their their own progress, their own success. Because if you try and do everything on your own, it doesn't end well. Like even like people talk about like obviously there's there's mental health and whatever else. I'm telling you now, I've experienced burnout about two or three times in my life where I've been where where. I've been physically exhausted where I've been hospitalised as a result of working myself to the ground. See, being the man who... And I see same, and I know even we live in a politically correct world, but I always say, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. So being the man who um, glamorises that I work 70 hours a week, I work 100 hours... You've failed, mate. If, you've, if you have worked to that extent, you're either got no home life, you've got nothing else going on, which I, personally I think is a little bit sad, or you, you, you're not productive, you're not, you're not doing things right. Like for me, and I never used to think this, I used to work to death. It's cost me relationships, it's cost me my sanity, it's cost me my health in the past. Now I'm like, right, this is where my free time is, I build around that free time. I'd like to think in an ideal world, that I'd work at this time, finish work at that time, I'd commit the majority of me evening or the week, or, or the whole of the weekend would be to family, would be to friends, or would be to some level of personal development. But if you have to throw a, like, 
12-hour days, seven days a week, banger every week, I, I think you've failed if, you, if you've gone down that route. Now, having a network means that other people can lighten the load, but you can move forward at, at, a, at a level. I like superheroes, me. I like the fact that you can get a team of, of people who are all top of the food chain in their own right, but they can all come together and just blow everyone's mind. And, and I like that. And I like looking. I, I like looking at the Avengers as a as a prime example of that. Each of those characters, they've got their own backstory, their own storyline. You know, they've all got their own thing going. You bring them together, and then you've got a nice like you've got a nice collective, and everyone's in perspective, and all them offshoots. And if you think about it in a marketing context, all that content where you associate him with him and him with her and all this together and they've all coming together for the same reason and they don't necessarily need to get on but when push comes to shove, you know, why can't you just, why can't people just see that for what it is and work that way? Everyone be successful, everyone make money, everybody achieve what they wish to achieve while balancing it with a good home life and a good, you know, like good things going on that's not just solely focused on conquering the world or defending the world <laughs> come around that's that's just what I think you, you, yeah you've spoken very much about like in, in the past about you know I, I know you've said this to me about that there's enough for everyone that's very that that abundance mentality where where the, the, there is something in it for everyone do you know what I mean it's not it's not a kind of like well if I if I have this you can't have it it's very much well let's let's both let's both have it yeah you know what I mean? it's, it's a much a much better place to be so we, we talked about about you know, physical and, 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 you know, the need for, for physical sort of managing stress, making sure you've got, you know, the, the body and the mind is, is in one place. You talked about, like, spiritually, like, you having a, a very set sort of, you know, ethics and what, what, what makes you tick and what doesn't make you tick. And talked a little bit about education. So finally, I wanted to talk a bit about, about this, this point of, like, community and, and the, the level of, like, service. So for someone that, that's was very I'm doing things on my own and very like say you talked about being the lone wolf. You, you've you're in a position now where you can pick and choose who you spend time with, and but there, there is this there seems to be like a, this desire to kind of give back, you, you know, help other people, um, which which doesn't you know is not something you're doing it for effect or you're doing it like you say the ego's gone. You're not doing it for kind of public image. You know, tell us about that because obviously, you know, for those that don't know, you you you've become you've you've been working with the, the my business for five six years in in a you know in a, in an an advisory board way you know and apart from the fact that you know raiding the tuck shop when you come in you, you've <laughs> never asked for for a penny in terms of in terms of you know a financial gain even though. You could name, you know, you'd name your price. You wouldn't get it, but you could name your price. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, from our point of view, but but you, you've you've you know you've you've given back. Is that is that something that, that's come from family? Is that something that came later in life? Why is it important for you to to, to give back? It, it's weird because I don't, I don't look at it as giving back. I actually look at it. Do you know what? You could argue this is probably looking at it from a selfish perspective, but Eve. If everybody's operating to a standard where it's a selfish standard, we're all trying to we're all trying to fight for scraps. The average across the piece is a lot lower. Now, I don't know about I don't know the ins and outs of, of even your own family, but or your own friends group. But you know, if you've got somebody around you who's a drain on your resources, so they just take, take, take. I mean. There's many ways people could do that, whether they're in debt, they've, you know, they've got a problem or, or whatever. But let's just put it down to monetary reasons for the sake of this example. And they take, take, take. It means that while they're in a position where they're draining the resources, everybody's busy helping them and no one's moving forward because they've got this problem. From a community perspective, if everybody can level up, if you can actively help your community, you will stand to benefit. Because what it means is that the average increases for everyone. Look at Art Centre as a prime example. If these kids didn't have this as a vehicle, 
they'd be fragmented. They'd be going out into other communities because I'm. I believe that those kids would find a way. They'd have a desire, and it'd take it out of the town. The other towns and other communities would have the benefit of the, those people that that input. Now that it's in the town, there's all these other things that can benefit. Local businesses can get involved with this place, and they can benefit. There's people who can direct their attention internally to our community, and the community is going to benefit. Everybody stands to gain from just focusing inwards, even down to we we like like at the beginning of lockdown. I talked a lot about there being litter down the tour. That's people used to come to me and like, Ooh. but the the fact is, we've got a, we've got a, a place there on our doorstep that you have to travel to the Lake District or to North Wales to see something that looks as good as that. We've got it on our doorstep, which is a nice bit of countryside, which we can make the most of and we get to benefit. But there's, there's rubbish everywhere. And if you don't pick that rubbish up yourself, you can't benefit from it. So my argument for supporting the community is it's the be- if you can support your community, that's the single biggest way you can help yourself because that community, that network you will stand to benefit from that. So I'd have loved to give you a, a I'd have loved to give you a wishy washy sort of just just just, just that, that self righteous thing. But the reality is, if you live in a community full of deadheads and it's a binhead area and there's nobody wants to support it or or invest in it, then that's 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 your environment. How can you thrive in an environment that's so negative? So I try and just put in locally as much as I can. That's the reason why I'm sat here today and not doing a presentation in London or I'm not up in Edinburgh because what's the point? Might as well be here making the most out of it. Let people see, oh, actually, you can mess around in school and it's not the be-all and end-all. You can find a passion and be successful in it. Be a, be a role model and a prime example for the people that are local to you. And that's just, that's just what I believe. But ultimately, I will benefit from that. And I don't think it's a bad thing to say that either. And on that, I think we'll just leave it there. So thank you very much for your um, time and, as always, insight. Uh, I'll treat you to the Kit Kat in a minute. Or the other. (laughs) (laughs) But no, thanks thanks very much. Thanks very much. Good lad. Thank you.